Episode 141 for June 2011. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices. The discounts start at 38th and they go up to 75% off the price of new comics and trades. An example for this episode is on Amazing Spider-Man number 667. This one's written by Dan Slott and penciled by Humberto Ramos. In this issue, the Jackal returns, who hasn't been seen since the end of the Clone Saga back in the mid-90s. The Jackal starts to organize an army of spider-powered soldiers... And the cover price is three ninety nine. Mail order has it for just two dollars and forty seven cents, which is thirty eight percent off the cover price. So check them out at our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. Welcome back, gang. In this show, we continue to answer your dozens of message board questions. We start the first one off with a question from Iron Patriot, who writes in from the Philippines. Well, who has read the Jamie Rees Blue Beetle series? Personally, I loved it. Make that my official recommendation. Anybody reading Blue Beetle? Not me. Nobody. Bertoni? JR? No. 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 To Brad, give your opinion on the following. Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Saw it years ago on VHS. Thought it was really good. Return of the Joker. Saw it within the last five years. I thought it was really good, too. I didn't know... I don't know much about Batman Beyond. Uh, Justice League New Frontier. I own it on DVD. Have not taken it out of the plastic wrap. I apologize. Batman Under the Red Hood. I saw it on Netflix. Was thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed that one. I thought that one was really really good. Uh, All Star Superman. Have not seen it yet. To Jr. I recently bought a copy of Web Slinger. Hey, royalties, Jr. <laughs> you're the you're the other one. All right. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly, particularly the article titled The Absent Father and Spider-Man's Unfulfilled Potential. I wonder who wrote that one. That one's all you, JR. Uh, for my question, what DC books have you read other than Greg Rucka's Detective Comics, JR? Well, to the first question, thank you very much. Your check is in the mail. Uh, hold <laughs> on to it for a couple of weeks to make sure it doesn't bounce. Um, <laughs> You know, but yeah, you know those those books are good. I mean, I I, I, don't, I don't want to just promote myself, obviously, but uh, Ben Bella books, those are really nerd heaven books because when I wrote my uh, web slinger, I bought like the X Men one and the Superman one, and it's just basically it's what it's you know, and I read like they did like a Buffy one and other things. It's basically like what if everybody decided to start their own website based on Spidey kicks butt, you know, and use their favorite character and do it. That's what it is. They're very some of the story some of the stories aren't very good, but others do really make you think. So I, I do recommend those. Um, and thank you. And as far as the question, boy, you know, when I reviewed comics for George Berriman's and Alex Hamby's uh, Hero Realm years ago, I read several DC comics. I tried to read several of the Superman. Uh, I tried Wonder Woman. Uh, yes, I tried the Batman. Uh, but you know, none of it ever stuck. I could never because I had to eventually drop off because I couldn't afford to keep spending the money I was spending. The only books that I kept reading beyond my review days were the indies. I mean, I, I stayed with Strangers in Paradise till the very end. Um, a hundred bullets is Vertigo. It's not quite independent, but I stayed with that for a little while longer, and then it, it just got too boring and convoluted. Uh, I actually did like Rucka's Queen and Country, which he did about kind of a. Um, 
a uh, oh she's not quite a uh, not quite a James Bond type, but she was a member of the British Secret Service MI5, and she was all personally just screwed up. <laughs> uh, but I I just could not hang on to the DC ones. I I just don't know what it is. Uh, I think Brad has done kind of gone through this too. You know, you try, but yeah, whatever it is, they just they just uh, they don't have any staying power with them. Right. And also, your book is available on uh, Kindle too, Jr. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah, right. you can get it digitally. Oh, right. uh, Bertoni, have you gotten that book? Do you have Jr.'s book? Uh no, but I read it in the store and. Uh, um... <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap, Jr. got burn steeled. <laughs> Put me on the spot. Yeah, I I burn stole you. Um, I, I do I do want to get the whole book. I can probably get it on Amazon. Yeah, uh, yeah. For a pretty it's good not, price. It's now. not really my book. I mean, there are about fifteen, sixteen other people who wrote it, and 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 a lot of those are real writers, not an amateur like me. And uh-huh. and like, like I said, I think they only picked me because they thought I was Jim Broderick, the uh, the author whose book I was plugging. I really believe that to this day, which. It is is very amusing. But anyway. Another good geek kind of book um, Tom DeFalco wrote called Comics Creators on Spider-Man, where he interviews yes. historians over the years. That's a really good one, too. I like that. Yes, oh, oh, you're going to pick up Greg Rucka's Punisher, JR? No. No? I don't like the – I mean, I yeah, I did like the Punisher at one time, but I really think he's a one-note character. I mean, this is a guy – how in the world can you write a series about this guy? Because really, he is a psychopathic, dangerous person. And uh, I, I, it just really gets me that, that Marvel keeps pushing these, you know, like with the lethal protector or – you know, I, I don't understand it. I really don't. Punisher just, to me, does not support there's, a series. Well, there's been a lot of – I've read pretty much everything Punisher. There's been a lot of highs and lows, but uh, I think – Exactly. Support it. Yeah. Uh, to Josh, you finally got your wish to be back on the show. For my question, what's your favorite non-Batman and Spider-Man comic animated series? Which is actually a tough one, and I'm probably going to, you know, hit myself on the head. Oh, I could have had a V8 later, but <laughs> – the first one that comes to mind in particular was I really did, and I, this is a generational thing, I guess, love the Superman animated series that was out around the same time as the Batman one. That one was really, really good. Uh, modern take on the character. Cool. Uh, to Stella, what games have you played recently? I've been really playing a lot of Rock Band 3. Um, that's basically what I've been playing, but I did download, uh, Little Big Planet because that was one of the offerings of, the, yeah, the free ones. I'm still yeah. trying to decide on the other. Oh, for the other one, you should download Infamous. Oh, I, I have a hard copy of that. I just have oh, not played okay. it. <laughs> gotcha. I, yeah, da- so... I download the zombie game. That, oh, yeah, I'm not a zombie game type of person, it's but, so I think I may go for the, uh, this, the, you, I don't know that space one that's out there, but yeah, just Rock Band basically. I don't get Little Big Planet. I played it for like half an hour, and I just don't get it. Do you get it? <laughs> Which one, Little, Little Big, Big Planet? Planet? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there is there a point just to be a little I sock thing, and I don't know. It's kind of like you're yeah. a sock Mario running around thing. <laughs> I've, I've heard nothing yeah. but good things about this game, but I'm just like, huh, really? Okay. Anyway. All right, to Josh and Stella, what are your plans for San Diego? Stella, I'm predicting Zach will pop the question or pop Z question, as Bruce Campbell said in Spider-Man 3, so you might want to be prepared. And also, Josh, get lots of interviews and pictures for the site. 
Stella? Uh. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, well, Zach has a girlfriend, so yeah. that's that's not going to happen, guys. I'm sorry. Um, so still still swinging single. Uh, <laughs> plans, definitely. Well, obviously going to cover some Spider-Man stuff, but I'm also very interested in uh, the DC panels. And I hope oh. to see, um, I don't know, some, some writers, and, and I'll be bringing some. Batgirl stuff and other things to get signed. So I've got three, four reporters for the crawl space for San Diego, right? I've got, I've got John Wilson, I've got Bertoni, Stella, and Zach, right? And yeah. Don's going to be there too. And Donovan, yeah, I've got five reporters. Yep. Wow. Yeah, and it's Stella, going Stella, to be. Did you get your press pass in the mail yet? I did actually. Sweet, yeah, I'm sorry, sweet. I did not tell you that. Yeah, I was just accepted this past week. I, I felt really official because I had to write like a, a parental note. <laughs> Yes, Stella will be a reporter for my site. She is a valued member and has my highest recommendation. Please give her the job. Yeah. Well, last year was. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought you were done. No, I was about to say you ought to have a, somebody ought to have a video and like every yeah. one of these guys would be saying I'm Stella or I'm Bertoni for the Crawl Space Network or something. I mean, <laughs> you know, particularly since Brad works for a news station or whatever. I mean, this is uh, they ought to have little microphones with like little Spider-Man symbols or something. And well, this yeah. is this is Stella. For the Spider-Man Crawl Space Network, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Just call me Ted Turner. Uh, <laughs> well, well, last year it was. Uh, this is going to be a lot better this year because last year um, I was there with the Batman guys, you know, and I had a lot of backup with the Batman stuff that we had to cover for the BatmanUniverse.net. But in terms of Crawl Space, I was all by myself. And let me tell you, going across the convention floors and like trying to coordinate with these people when their schedules are changing all the time. It was hard. Like, you know, all that stuff that I brought now. back last year, that was – that. so it's going to be fun to have other backup with that. Not only that, but, you know, meeting some of these people like Stella and John and Donovan and Zach in person. Yeah. It's going to be that, awesome. Yeah, that that's going to be worth the trip alone. Like, if we get no interviews, you know, I'll be fine because I'll have met all these awesome people. But it, top, topping last year is going to be hard, though. I want I want a big group picture, by the way. Big picture with you holding signs or something. I think that'd be cute. We might have to get Stella to wear a mask to protect her secret. <laughs> Man, it's been revealed since the first time I was on of, this podcast. Of all the people, Stella does not need to wear a mask. Uh, Zach needs to wear a mask. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm just kidding. Well, no, I'm not really. Uh, Venomaniac from uh, the Yellow Universe. What is that a Green Lantern reference? Probably. Uh, Bertoni, as you've gone through the early issues of Spider-Man's history, what was what has surprised you the most? Is it Betty Brandt? That's been, I mean, I always, even when I was younger, I always thought she was a hypocrite for yelling at Peter <laughs> for, like, not dating Liz Allen while she's like, now, excuse me, I'm going on a date with Ned. Like, that pissed me off when I was in middle school. Uh, <laughs> I guess what's Love been it. surprising is, like, you know, looking at her through the magnifying glass, like, wait a second, this was a bad thing, too. This was, this was. But if you take any character and examine them and take them apart, I'm sure that you can find just as many bad stuff about them. I mean, Flash Thompson punched his girlfriend in the face. Mary Jane, you know, is a pretty rotten girlfriend The Harry. Uh, things that surprise me in Spider-Man, it's, uh, I'd say the misconceptions that there are, like, there's people to this day who are convinced that in the comics, like, Dan Slott, sorry to call Dan Slott out, but Dan Slott had on his form spring, well, the symbiote made Peter evil and brought out his dark side, which, no, it didn't in the comics, that was something that happened in the animated series and in the movies, but because it's been played up in other media, people have, like, retroactively thought that it happened in the comics, mm. 
Stuff like that. I it's, guess stuff like on May not having a heart attack since the Len Wein era. That's surprising too. Let's let's tackle that uh, costume not making him evil. It it just made him go out and swing when he was asleep, and it eventually uh, sacrificed itself at the end of Web. Right? Yeah. It, yeah. It sacrificed itself. So, but yeah, and it was kind of para. It was kind of parasitic. I mean, it was yeah. weakening. It was weakening him. And uh, they even did a what if based, you know, taking that out to its logical extreme. So, you know, really, it, it wasn't juicing him up, making him more violent or anything like that. It was actually literally sucking the energy right out of him. But probably when it teamed up with Eddie Brock because of his hatred of Spider-Man and the rejection of the symbiote together made it evil, I guess, is what – if you want to tie it all in. But. Uh, I, I think Bertone hit it right on the head. I mean, they yeah. did it in the animated series where mm-hmm. they, it, you know, it was turning bad, and mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's what people have kind of been following ever since. Right, got you. Uh, Jr. Any awesome articles coming up soon? We need a new one, Jr. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, I, I hate to keep. I, you know, actually, I've tried. I, I mean, I actually wrote a little bit more, and, and I tried nice. to down. I tried to down download WordPress. You know, but like, okay, so I downloaded it. It's like, now what do I do with it? I don't know what to do with it now. Uh, so, but I don't know. What do I say? I mean, it's like I've tried, but, you know, it, it's, you know, Spencer's playing ball this, this, this summer. Uh, Rachel, my daughter just completed her junior year in, co- in school. So next year is her senior year, and we're already starting to debate about colleges and how we're going to pay for it and where she's going to go and, and, you know, plus it's summer and I've got a yard to take care of. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what to tell people. You're tired of these excuses. <laughs> I mean, but, but. If you that's... send, if you send one my way, I can add pictures. If you want. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. I, I, you know, there are some, there are, there are several in, in, in bits and pieces, but, you know, I've just, you know, I got a lot going on. I've just had a very bad, uh, this has been a very bad year as far as making ends meet, and uh, that's kind of preoccupied me. So, you know, in fact, th- this is a major indulgence on my part doing the podcast. It's like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm closing myself up for three or four hours. Everybody else stay away because this is my good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't intru- – and none of that real-life crap intrude on me, okay? I, I think every month you get a JR article, really, with yeah. you being on this show, pretty much. Yeah. So, well, in a way, it has kind of yeah. taken that, you know, I mean, it's kind of, you know, because I was looking at, uh, you know, going through some things. And I'm thinking, wow, what do I say? I mean, because mm-hmm. I've already said it. And yeah. and I was like looking at the years in review and I said, well, no, really what I, I said, I wanted to do like a, a brand new day retrospective. Mm-hmm. But I said, how can I make it so it's not a copy of the years in review? Well, I have to do the brand new day respective first yeah. <laughs> and then go, you know, so it's, 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 it's kind of, it's not as, it's, it's, oh hell, I'm just fat old and lazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. You dedicate every month of this show. So I, I appreciate it. That's why I first started listening to the podcast because I was like, it's like a JR article in audio form every month. <laughs> That's exactly. It's a, it's it's just a verbal form of the articles. Stella, any thoughts on the return of Babs as Batgirl? Um, I guess I kind of addressed this already. So definitely, um, I mean, listen to above, and then you know the next episode I'm going to have actually a a good discussion with um with Josh and Donovan, and then if you listen on the Jeff Johns cast. I just finished recording with Kevin and Michael discussing it. So you'll have three different <laughs> interpretations. Hopefully they're all the same and I'm not too schizophrenic. 
Brad, are you going to be... Continuity error. <laughs> I know. She, she just put an asterisk at the end of this show. Please see Marvel Team Up issue number. Oh, very true. <laughs> Brad, are you going to be getting the album to the Spider-Man musical? Sure. I, I saw it on iTunes the other day for pre-order for 10 bucks. I'm like, yeah, why not? Yeah, I just pre-ordered it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, JR, have you seen the video of Norman singing or the Green Goblin singing? I put it up actually, on the front page. Actually, I, I saw what you just put up on the yeah. uh, front page. I saw that earlier this morning. Uh, I actually did kind of like the, what is it, all the crazies and weirdos I know. here in New York. And I was thinking, well, other than San Francisco, yeah, that about fits, <laughs> you know? All the crazy, it, it was kind of funny. Uh, yeah. boy, I tell you though, watching it though, it's, it's like, I understand that musicals are a different kind of art form. Yeah. And I, and I, and like I was saying a few, like a couple of months ago when I, when I said that I really did enjoy, uh, the high school production of Les Miserables, uh, <laughs> you know, even though, even though it's a little bit too long. Uh, I mean, I understand and appreciate musicals. I pick on them a lot or whatever, but because that's just kind of what I do. But it is still very awkward seeing Spider-Man and the Green Goblin sing, just as if they did that Star Trek opera idea, which thankfully they shit canned years ago. Some things just don't seem to mix. <laughs> so it still gives me the creeps. <laughs> Ah, I agree. Uh, but the song was kind of catchy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's you can do something with it. But I, I wish they wouldn't dress him like a giant celery stick, though. I mean, I really wish they wouldn't. So. <laughs> uh, to the Batman fans, can someone t- please tell me what Bane has been up to since Nightfall? I've heard he's evolved as a character. Should he go back to being a Batman villain? Stella, you know after what, night or Josh. After Nightfall, uh, I mean, Bane, he got off the Venom. There was a storyline about that. He was a henchman of Ra's al Ghul for a while and was betrothed to Talia. There was one point where he thought that he might have been Batman's half-brother because there was talk that maybe Thomas Wayne had, like, you know, had a little indiscretion in South America. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's just so, so funny. Yeah. That turned out, that turned out to be false, um, and... Bane had an identity crisis for a while, and I'm a little murky on on some of the stuff within the last few years. I know he's been a member of Secret Six, and that stuff has been very, very well received. What's Secret Six? It's a it's a Gail Simone book. I think it's it's like it's a bunch of villains like who are trying to be heroes. I think yeah. I know Harley Quinn was in it at one point. Uh, Stella, have you read that? I haven't. Yeah. But, yeah, it's basically like. Um... Have you seen Justice League, the cartoon, Brad? A, a little bit, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, the what, Unlimited, they have, uh, what was it, Rick Flagg was leading, like, plastic, um, plastique and uh, Deadshot and things like that. Yeah, just basically they're, is this the same one that they are under orders or am I thinking, oh, I'm thinking of Checkmate. It's similar to Checkmate, but. Yeah, Checkmate yeah. was in Smallville, I know that much. but Yeah, so very similar. Okay. Greg XB from New York. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, I'm sorry, hang on a second. Can I ask a question for you Batman fans out there? Yeah. This kind of has to do with Bane in the Batman movies, okay? Thomas Hardy is playing Bane in the Batman movie. From Star Trek. And, Nemesis. Right. Yeah, well, that's what I was about to say. And people are so juiced for Thomas Hardy playing Bane. It was like, oh, Thomas Hardy. He's It's like, wait a minute. This is the guy that tanked as Shinzon <laughs> in Star Trek Nemesis. Yeah. I mean, utterly tanked. Yeah. You know, and it's like, w- when did he become cool all of a sudden? I, I don't get it. I did think, I, did have, have I missed something? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, well, he was in Inception, so I think that's going to bring him forward. He was, and then he was in that new, uh, 
um, UFC style or kickboxing movie that was out. So I don't know. <laughs> I think he's he's expanding. Well, I think he's expanding his like uh, his acting chops. I just wondered. I mean, people are like, really, you know, wow, it's great. And it's like, wait a minute, this guy was, this guy bombed in his first major role. So, but anyway, I could, I could see Bane being an, because the Batman, uh, Nolan movies are more grounded in reality. I can see Bane being more of a character than, say, the Penguin or something like that. But anyway, uh, Greg XB from New York, JR, what do you think of how the Osborne miniseries ended? It doesn't feel like anything significant happened at all. I was disappointed. So was I, JR. Yeah, I was disappointed too. Ultimately, because it was not about Norman Osborn. Exactly. Really, the only Osborn's function was just to stand, or, you know, was just to act evil and do something evil. You know, really, the the characters it was about was Nora and uh, the senator. You yep. know, you know, basically the senator's the one who had this epiphany. You know, she she found out something about herself. You know, that she was willing, what kind of links she was willing to go to to preserve her power or, or whatever. You know, and and then of course I don't know what the heck went on with Nora. You know, because she's trying to, you know, because she chickened out. You know, she shit in her britches when Norman caught her once. You know, and now she's trying to overcome that. But it wasn't about Norman. Norman was just there being evil. He was exactly. being evil in the backdrop of of these other characters' revelations. You know, we don't learn anything about Norman. Uh, we don't he, know anything he, about the the cult, no. which is what I wanted to learn about. What the, was right. the goblin tattoos? Yeah. And the first issue was set up for those minor background characters in the exactly. jail, which we don't even know anything about them still. Exactly, and they didn't do much with them. I mean, you know, you thought they were going, you were going to do see more of them, particularly since they gave that uh, female one uh, her own backup story. Yeah. But then, but then one promptly went and got killed off, uh, and uh, so it was kind of like, okay, what was the point? The only thing you did was you finally got Norman out from under the underwater prison and back on Earth. So, where I guess he's going to show up now in New Avengers point one or something here yeah. in September. So yeah, it was kind of like, okay, what's the point? And the art, I mean, like I said, he looks like a cross between Woody, Stephen Colbert and Woody Allen. I it just, nah, no, I'm and, sorry, it was a fail. The min, miniseries sold horribly too. When Osborne was such a integral part of a big crossover. Well, you know, Dark Rain wasn't that popular with a lot of people, so I, I don't, I really didn't see. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't really see a whole lot of groundswell for other than us, you know, Norman fans. I really didn't see a groundswell in comics period for more Norman, really, because, uh, you know, Dark Reign was not popular with a lot of people. Plus, you know, it, it's a three ninety nine price point. Mm-hmm. You know, between we paid, that, yeah. you know, it's just... We paid uh, 20 bucks for nothing that really happened, so that's... Exactly. It, it holds the line for the Spider-Man minis generally suck. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I, uh, uh, Stella or Josh, did you read that one? Uh, I read... Uh... The Osborne mini. I read yeah. the first issue and then I and then I dropped it. It was exactly. I, I was bored out of my skull to be quite honest. Yeah, and yeah. Stella. I mean, at least it? it didn't fall below ten thousand. But yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Stella, did you read it? No, you didn't miss a thing. Yeah. Uh, are you, Jerry? Excited for that Avengers sixteen point one or whatever with Neil Adams coming back to Marvel? Had been no. on the books since the X Men yeah. in the sixties. I know, I know. Neil Adams is, you know, I, I remember back when he helped revitalize Batman with Denny O'Neill, blah, blah, yeah. yellow chest symbol, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, I just, I'm, I'm sorry, it's just another name right now. And, uh, you know, I, frankly, unless someone can do Norman Wright, you know, I'm just not, you know, unless it's, uh, Warren Ellis or, uh, 
And, and I'm getting tired of Bendis. I'm tired of Bendis. You know, George Barrowman made the observation that Osborn's now more of an Avengers villain than Spider-Man. Well, that's because Bendis is like, you know, the Avengers now are the center of the Marvel Universe, you know, and uh, I don't like that. So uh, I, I just I, I just wish Norman would take a little longer. Uh, Stella, have you seen Julie Taymor's film adaption of Shakespeare's Titus Andronicus? Is that right? Yeah, uh, I have not. Um, yeah, I saw that um, he says it gives, you know, despite the problems with Spider-Man, you can tell. I mean, yeah, she has wonderful abilities besides Spider-Man, obviously. I'm, Lion King, the musical, is great. And I know she recently did The Tempest, but it was very, very limited, and I did not have an opportunity to see that. But I'll be sure to check out either of these. You're going to see The Musical 2.0? Um, I kind of want to, yeah. yeah. And since I saw it the first time, uh, I was getting emails that they would give me tickets at a discounted rate. But because, Ooh, nice. you know, yeah, I'm just being careful money, money wise, because I mean, since I'm going to San Diego, that's, <laughs> that's a big chunk right there. Cool. Are the, are the songs on this album being released? Are they different than what you saw? Yeah, there are some different are. ones. And they got, yep. it seems they got rid of the shoe song, which is great. The shoe song. What was the shoe song about again? It was um, it was Arachne and then the Furies and they were talking about shoes. <laughs> so a bunch of spiders talking about shoes. It was wow. very odd. Wow. It was the one song I had no idea why I was there. <sighs> Bertoni, who's the bigger bitch, Ber- Betty Brant or Spectacular Spider-Man Sally Avril? <gasps> and you do an impression of them both arguing about anything you want. Oh no! <laughs> once again, nice. the, once again, the um. The guy who's writing a series called Bertoni Hates Betty, who do I think is the bigger bitch? <laughs> Let's see. No, I, I love Greg Xby. He's a great guy. I've gotten a chance to talk on him on Skype and uh, the telephone a few times. Uh, and he's a big fan of the Spectacular Spider-Man show. Once again, when Sally Avril does something like, you know, leave her husband on his honeymoon or blow up her boyfriend's apartment and, and then break into another boyfriend's apartment, you know. Wow. Yeah. Then we'll. Sally Apple was a character introduced exclusively in Untold Tales, wasn't it? Well, no, she was in Amazing Fantasy 15 for was like she... two or three panels. Okay, I thought she was just an Untold Tales. P- Peter asks her out, and she says, "Oh, why would I be with you when there's dreamboats like Flash Thompson?" Or I suppose I should say, "Oh my God, why would I be with you when there's dreamboats <laughs> like Flash Thompson?" <laughs> Okay, Betty and oh God, Betty and Avril, Sally arguing about anything. What should they argue about? What would they argue about? (laughs) They they both want to date Flash, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I wish I had a script prepared. I mean, so this is going to come off very, very, very hack up. Oh my God, you little secretary bimbo bitch! Get your hands off my man, you horrible person! And that's your Betty. Oh, just this crying. is all Betty Parker's fault. <laughs> See, Betty wouldn't argue. She would just run away crying. Yeah, there you go. And in the 90s, Betty good. would come back with guns, but. <laughs> uh, Brad, no real questions this month. I just want to say that I'm glad you and your family are safe. I'm currently between jobs, and I just sent $25 to the Red Cross. Thank you very much, Greg. That uh, He's referencing that I live in Joplin, Missouri, that was hit by a tornado, and I put up on the front page for people to donate. And, and several people did, so I appreciate that. Uh, MacGyver from, we don't know where. Uh, Brad, just wanted to let you know my colleagues and I at work have all been donating to the Red Cross for the people in Joplin. Hope things get better there as soon as possible for all who have been affected. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Question to the gang. Any big plans for June and July? And enjoy the start of summer. Well, you guys are going to San Diego. 
anything else? JR, what are you doing this summer? Anything fun? <laughs> I'm staining my deck. I'm doing my landscaping. I'm going to my son's baseball games and uh, maybe <laughs> looking at a few colleges. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what else does an old man do? <laughs> <laughs> my wife and I are celebrating our sixth wedding anniversary. So uh, this Thursday we're headed up to Kansas City to see Huey Lewis in the news. And we're also going to take in X-Men up there. So, and you're also celebrating a birthday, aren't you? July 29th, Ava turns one. Yep. Yeah. JR, what was it on Facebook? You said Hugh hey, Lewis, hey, the I'm old so, news. I know what you called so, me an old man. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but, but actually next week, uh, will yeah. be your first Father's Day, won't it? Yes. Yes, sir. Wow. That's, that's yeah. going to be a big day for you. I know. I'm looking forward to it. Stella, any big plans for the summer besides San Diego? Um, planning. I was hired eight days before school started. I don't know if I've ever said that on here. So I'm just looking forward to being able to actually plan. Plus, we have a new curriculum coming into the Latin department. Um, taking a class, and then I'm also doing um some day camps, a week long day camps with uh some rising sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, where we go rock climbing and and hiking and stuff like that. And, and if you missed it on the front page, Stella had a very good article about education and comics. So yeah. if, you, if you go up to the search bar and just type in Stella Stella and comics or something like that, it'll find it. I like how you introduced, that puts you on common ground to the kids, that you can have a way to, to yeah. talk to them. Yep. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, Night Watch from Greenville, South Carolina. To anyone, many on the panel feel that Spidey is currently on too many teams. Yes, I do too. If you had to pick which team... Would you leave him on, and who would you pick to replace him on the other two? I don't think he's working on the Fantastic Four as much as I thought he would. Maybe it's me. I think he works better in the Avengers, so I'd dump him out of the FF. Anybody else? JR, are you like making him a solo hero again? Bertoni was about oh, to Oh, go ahead. I, uh, no, I apologize. I, I like him better in the Fantastic Four just because he has more personal relationships and ties to the Fantastic Four as opposed to the Avengers where he just, you know, inserts joke of the issue here. Yeah. I like the idea when they actually, when they started New Avengers, and he really was an Avenger with Captain America and Iron Man and when they were all in the tower. And I, I liked that because it was something different. But now... He's just in the Avengers, like Bertoni said, to tell a joke, to sell some, you know, copies, additional copies. He's, he serves no purpose. I, mm-hmm. I prefer to see him. I would have preferred to see him in the Fantastic Four, but now he's, it's the future foundation. It's like, that's, that's no fun either. <laughs> Stella, what do you think? Um, what was the original question? He's on too many teams. Which one should he be taken off of? Yeah, probably, I would say, yeah, the the dumbest team name ever, the Future Foundation. (laughs) Uh, To Brad, by the end of summer, most of the Marvel animated series will be on Netflix, which is the first you and Ava are going to sit down and watch. Do you really have to guess that one? It's going to be Amazing Friends. Come on, Spider Friends, go for it. (laughs) I love that one. I'm also looking forward to the one that they never played on Disney XD, which is the Red Skull Nazi episode. For some reason, they never played that one. I set my DVR to record, and they never put that one up there. To Stella, uh, are there any DC Comics heroes, villains that you have largely ignored, forgotten that you are hoping will make a comeback with the coming reboot, relaunch, re-whatever? 
Um, well, I'm going to say Stephanie Brown. I don't know if she she fits that category, but I just wonder what's going to happen with the reboot slash relaunch. And I, I would be remiss slash people would probably send in death threats if I did not say Cassandra Kane. But I do wonder, you know, what is going to happen happen to them. But as for other people, I, I think, you know, it seems they're giving series to people that may not be able to carry a series like Mr. Terrific or what was another one? <laughs> There's uh, a dude yeah. named Mr. Terrific. That's awesome. Yeah. I kept, uh, that's nothing worse than Mr. Fantastic, come to think of it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I don't know if he'll be able to carry his own series for too long. Um, so I'm just scared some of these things, yeah. like Teen Titans and stuff like that. To JR, you mentioned you wouldn't be against Norman getting his day in court. How about an impression of a calm, intelligent, charismatic Norman explaining to a jury of his so-called peers why he should be found not guilty? Uh, you know, I I think my Norman impressions have probably passed their expiration point. <laughs> uh, but actually, that is a good question, and I think for the be- I think if you look at the uh, the last page or two of Brian Bendis's Dark Avengers, mm-hmm. where Norman goes into a spiel there in his cell, which is like the first to me, which is one reason why Dark Reign failed. Uh, was because you really never knew why Norman was doing what he was doing other than because, well, he's Norman and he's evil and he's plotting something. Where Norman goes into this monologue about how, you know, well, someday the Hulk will go crazy and kill people. Sometimes, someday the Punisher will, you know, do this. Sometimes the, someday the X-Men will do this. And every, all because they think they wear a cape. They think it's okay. They think they can get away with it. You do that, you know, you put that in a dialogue and, and you've got Norman's Norman's defensive speech, and it's yeah. actually a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a shame that they didn't build Dark Rain around that, you know. And and then like uh, you know, there's after you put him in jail. Oh, there's his motive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, FSU Spider Fan from North Carolina, Bertoni. If you were given a time machine from Doctor Doom, I just added the Doctor Doom part, and you could go back to see the Beatles play live and hang out with them, but you had to date Betty Brant for six months, would you do it? <laughs> Hang out with the Beatles, especially the Hamburg Beatles, because the Hamburg Beatles knew how to party. I would marry Betty Brands. <laughs> honeymoon anyway, so Re- why not? Refresh me on the Hamburg Beatles. What? What? How did they know how to party? What are you talking about? Uh, they they before they got really really famous, they played in Hamburg for um for very very long stints, and that was like when they kind of you know earned their teeth, so to speak, right. and. There was it was a very very rough crowd. Like they had to play at strip joints and they were getting into fight. There was there was that was when there was five Beatles. Um, it mm. was John, Paul, George, Pete, and Stu. Stuart Sutcliffe <laughs> was Beatle, and he stayed in Germany. Married a uh, well, he didn't marry the German girl there, but he got engaged to her, and he wound up dying of a brain hemorrhage before they even uh, got famous. Wow. Beatles playing in strip clubs. I never would have thought it. That's crazy. Uh, Berserk Fury 819 from a post-apocalyptic wasteland. BD, hope you're doing okay. Joplin has been my prayers. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, have I ever played Mass Effect 2? If not, I highly recommend it. Stella, I have no idea what Mass Effect 2 is. Have you played it? Um, I know of it, but no, I have not played it. Neither one of us have played it, so I will take your recommendation for that. JR, I know you're a huge Star Trek fan. As am I, but how do you feel about Star Wars? Love it, hate it, indifference. JR fans must know the answer to this lingering question. (laughs) Well, okay, you said JR fans as if it was a multiple. Uh, It's plural. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, you and who else? Uh, my mom and my mom doesn't count. But I, I, I think actually, you know, Bertoni was asked the wrong question if he were given a time machine, or else if he, or else Bertoni gave the the wrong answer. What the answer should have been was, if he were given a time machine, what he should have said was, okay, I'm going to go to the Beatles, and I'm going to say, hey, Paul, Ringo's, you know, or whatever, look, here's this song I wrote called Hey Jude. What do you think about it? You like it? You know, here's the, you know, and, and give the Beatles all their, their, you know, basically take the Beatles' uh, library, take it back in time before they wrote it, say they're your songs, and collect all the royalties. I mean, <laughs> you know. How about how, we how call it that, hey, hey Betty? Instead of hey Jude, <laughs> how could that not work? I feel like Spider-Man in class with the Avengers Academy right now. <laughs> how could that not work? You know, uh, boy, I got this great song. Um, as far as the uh, the Star Trek Star Wars uh, question, it seems like it's almost predicated on the fact that Star Trek and Star Wars fans have to kind of be at odds, which to me is like. Um, the classic series Next Generation, uh, which, you know, they don't have to be. I liked Star Wars. I mean, uh, I mean uh, unfortunately, I was old enough to see it in the theaters when it first came out. And uh, I was mesmerized by it because if you have, if you remember, well, I guess a lot of you wouldn't remember, would you? Uh, back in the 70s, I mean, we had just been full of, been through a whole kind of, you know, nihilistic environmental catastrophe movie movies you know we've been through Soylent Green and Silent Running and the Planet of the Apes movies which I did like the Planet of the Apes movies but before they kiddied it down it was actually a pretty grim serious theme uh, that ran through the Apes movies so and then in 77 when when Star Wars came out I mean this was just a big bombastic adventure full of spaceships and ray guns and, and it was cool I mean it was you know it was somebody was making science fiction fun again instead of you know Depressing and, and, and like I said, nihilistic. And uh, I, I I loved Star Wars. Uh, my mother had a big crush on Han Solo. You know, <laughs> I mean, she you, you know my my brother was collecting and buying the Star Wars cards, and she kept the one of the, the <laughs> one of Han you know Harris Han Solo there just with his gun sticking up straight. Uh, <laughs> Nice. That's that's not meant to be a well. Yeah, it was meant to be a double entendre. But anyway, uh, but, you know, she had a crush on Han Solo, and yeah. I remember, you know, she and uh, you know, of course, my dad was just like, I don't get any of this. But that was classic dad. Um, <laughs> the thing is, I didn't quite like Empire as much as everybody else did because I went to see Empire, and it was like, that's it, that's it. You know, Han's been captured, Vader's Luke's father, Leia apparently is the other, and i got to wait three years for all the answers. That's it. Uh, but as it turns out, that was probably the last good Star Wars movie because that was the last one where actually other people had input into it before it became George Lucas's particular playpen where he wouldn't let anybody else play in. Um, so, but, but as far as Star Wars overall, I think, unfortunately, it's been very disappointing. I think Jedi was very poor. And the, the the trilogy was just the prequel trilogy. It was, you know, whose idea was it to cast Hayden Christensen, Christensen Lucas. as Anakin style? I mean, it's like when 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 Alec Guinness describes uh, his, Luke's father, he talks about how he was a cunning warrior, a courageous pilot. And a good friend. You know, and you get the idea that, you know, Anakin Skywalker should have been played by somebody like, you know, well, Harrison Ford or maybe a, a young Shatner, you know, somebody like that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and you get Hayden Christensen. <laughs> so was it, was it the actor or was it the director, which was Lucas or both? Um, but, uh, you know, so I, it, I love, I, I, I like the first Star Wars film, but I felt that, uh, 
I just I felt that Lucas kind of uh, you know kind of turned it into a pretty mediocre cash machine afterwards. And Josh, you have a Star Wars podcast you do. Yeah, it's on Lifebooks. Hello? You're, you're breaking up. There you go. You, yeah, Josh has a podcast where he reviews the Marvel Star Wars books. And you, do you like Trek at all? Um, I like bits of Trek that I've dabbled into, yeah. but I haven't. It's such a big and I'm I'm one of those types of people that if I'm in something, I'm not in it casually. Like, if I get into Star Trek, I would, like, watch all the shows. So it's something that I'd like to get into more at one point, but just haven't had the time. Okay. Uh, let's see. Stella Babs is going to be Batgirl again. How do you feel about this? We kind of hit that one up, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bertoni, I got to meet the actor who played General Veers in Empire Strikes Back. Who is that? He was uh, uh, Vader's. He was uh, the guy that Vader was commanding during the Battle of Hoth. That's when they have the big walkers. Okay. Okay. How is the new Star Tours? I'm hoping to get down to Florida and check it out this summer. I haven't had a chance to see the new Star Tours yet. Last time I was at Disney was uh, a few months ago, and it was like it was right before they opened the new Star Tours. And I had a Disney pass. That expired right after the new Star Tours opened. I was going to try and make it up for the first day, but ultimately work has been very, very, very hectic scheduling-wise, so I wasn't able to legitimately try and take the time off to go up. Yeah. But I hope to soon uh, this summer. I, I keep on missing Star Wars weekends, and I really down for that. They're also redoing the Spider-Man ride at Universal, I hear, too. So, uh, sarcasmic, uh, to anyone who wants an X-Men first class, bought a bunch of relatively unknown X-Men to the big screen. I thought they did a good job with it. If you could, uh, if you could get a relatively unknown group of X-Men to the big screen, who would they be? What is their powers and who would you like leading them? They could substitute Avengers if no one has an X-Men group. I think, uh, X-Factor would be a nice small budget X-Men movie. Uh, have Peter David write the screenplay. You could probably do X-Force if you wanted to, um, with uh, Hugh Jackman leading it. Anybody else have any ideas? The reason why he says unknown X-Men characters because most of them are unknown, and I'm not a big enough X-Men yeah. fan. Well, I mean, X-23 is Wolverine's clone daughter. I mean, that could be a storyline. I don't know. Any, Stella, any ideas, JR? I do like, well, I do like no. Kitty Pride. It would be mm. great to, to yeah. have her, uh, be a member of the, the team and do more than just, you know, the Ellen Page style. You know, I mean, she could play it, obviously, but, um, I've just gotten into Shadowcat a lot lately, so. Have you read the Christmas episode by Claremont and Byrne? Where the brood No, come? I have not. Oh, that's a classic Kitty story. X-Men 140, Uncanny 143. One of the best oh, Kitty stories of all time. Uh, to all, what's your favorite Spider-Man quip or joke for Tony? And you got one, Jr. Honestly, not off the top of my head. I mean, I, I like them, but there's never one that I keep on coming back to. Jr., you got one? I don't know that it's my favorite, but it's one I just keep. I, I don't. It always pops to mind. It's it's was the uh, the first run of Spectacular Spider-Man, like issue 19 or something, where he's fighting the. Um, the enforcers, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he he gets rid of Fancy Dan and uh, Montana, and the Ox is going to throw something big on him, and the Ox said, "Today is the day the Ox makes a new name for himself." And then Spider-Man says, "Well, what was wrong with the old one? Too hard to spell." 
That's that good. one just good. I, I don't know that it's his, his best or whatever, but that one just kind of always sticks to mind. So and then he like he he just pops him, you know, and, and the ox falls like a ton of bricks. So. <laughs> What, what was it? Something was falling off of the Daily. Was it the Daily Bugle or something recently within the last hundred issues? Oh, and, yeah. And he just, yeah, he said I caught O or what? Well, no, I will it. not be. I will not be crushed by you or something. You, and that's it. I thought that was cute. <laughs> that Stella, was you got you got one. Joke. Yeah, Stella, you got one. Um. No, no, I can't really think of one off the top of my head. I like the Spider-Man 2 movie where he was in the uh, the elevator and this kind of rides up in the crotch. I thought that was kind of oh, funny. All right. <laughs> and then Bra- the guy's uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, to Brad, with the new DC relaunching of the titles, are you going to try any of them? Yes, I am. Uh, both Superman, uh, Detective, and Batman, and I'll try JLA because I love Jim Lee. And I've heard of a certain podcast about this Jeff Johns, and I'm interested in trying. So that's why I pick up. I'll pick up uh, JLA. I don't know if I'll pick up Green Lantern number one. I don't want to be. I don't want to buy four or five extra new books. But uh, uh, uh. <sighs> <laughs> I already buy enough. Uh, did JR, what's your favorite issue of Amazing where Spider-Man wasn't the main focus? Examples, Amazing 153. What happened there? I don't remember that one. Uh, or that the was... Spec Spidey 1000. Spec Spidey 1000 was horrible. I didn't like it. I, I didn't buy that one uh, yet. I'm going to probably wait till that comes in the back issue, Ben. Um, uh, it'll be selling for a dollar here before long. It was um, five cover price. Yeah, see, well, yeah. Well, I, yeah. Uh, 153 was the one where um, there was a scientist um, who was being black, that Spider-Man was familiar with. He was being blackmailed by the Kingpin, um, but it, um, and um, he had to run a hundred yards to rescue his daughter. Um, oh, but that was the one where the, and the the Kingpin's goons were firing at him, and he was, and he was, it was an allegory for you know his previous college football career. Very good story. I, I'm really one of the one of the absolute classics. Uh, plus, it's the first time Spider-Man says a cuss word, and it's and it's just so appropriate. What's he say? <laughs> oh well, you know, again, it's kind of it, it would mean nothing to anybody now, but in context, you know, I mean, having read Spider-Man for years. You know, having he never said a cuss word, and 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 basically this after they killed this scientist, just you know, shot him down like a dog. You know, Spider-Man's got the bad guy. You know, and he's about to clock him, and the bad guy's on his knees and going, "Oh, Spider-Man, don't hurt me! Don't hurt me! Don't hurt me!" And and Spider-Man just says, "You know what? You're right. You're just you know, you're not worth the effort. You're just not." And the next panel is Spider-Man silently looking, turning his head and looking at the guy, and then going, "The hell you're not!" <laughs> and and oh, Popsy. So that was a great moment. Um, to read 153 again, I don't remember it. Wow. Yeah, that was a great moment. But again, I, it would probably mean nothing to anybody who is who'd been, you know, now. Uh, but that's a really good question, sarcasmic. But I don't have an answer for you because I've I've racked my brain right now. <laughs> Very little there is, and uh, I can't come up with one right now, other than the one you just mentioned. To all, after the success of Shattered Dimensions and the Edge of Time game, video game coming back, and the potential of Miguel O'Hara becoming Spider-Man in Ultimate Universe. Okay, that's wishful thinking on my part. Do you think 2099? Will make a return anytime soon. They've tried it uh, unsuccessfully at least twice since what ninety five when twenty ninety nine went away. Never say never. I mean, they can do it as a backup, and like if they ever restart Web or Family again, or if they need more backup pages for. Nope, oh, kind of broke up, Josh. Uh, uh, and 
they can they can try it as a backup or something, and if they ever restart family or web, how's that sound? By the way, you, you sound better. Okay, it, yeah. The 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 universe, the original twenty nine universe, ended with the whole world being flooded, and they went to like Gilligan's Island. How did you get out of that? <laughs> they kind of screwed the pooch. Uh, <laughs> now, being being time travel in the future, I'm sure that uh, some event will they could have some event happen which will make that particular future not happen. But the thing is, 2099, uh, the farther you go, the the least farther that is away. Yeah, no <laughs> so, doubt. 2099 is going to be here before you know it. Um, but I I think they'll try a Spider-Man 2099 book. I think they will because that uh, video game's been damn successful. Stella, what do you think of the trailer of Edge of Time? I'm not that as Pump. I have Shit. not even seen it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'll have to look that up. Basically, Spider-Man dies and 2099 comes back and fixes the time thing or something like that. So, anyway. Did you ever get, pick up Shattered Dimensions? It was really good. No, I have not. I think it's probably really cheap now, too. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. Uh, Josh, do you have a PS3? You pick, no, you? no, I'm an Xbox 360 guy. Did you pick up uh, Shattered Dimensions? I never had the chance. Okay. I'd, I'd like to play it. There's a video game place that I go to where you can basically rent video games inside. It's like a lounge where people play video games, and yeah. I was hoping that they had Shattered Dimensions there, but they didn't. Oh. JPD from New Jersey. BD, uh, who do you think... Who do you think that movies based on lesser-known heroes like Thor and Iron Man continually outgrows the movies for the Hulk? What were your thoughts on the two Hulk movies? Have either of them gotten it right? Uh, I think the Hulk series would be a lot more successful if they released the air, uh, uh, what, the second one first, the Incredible Hulk with uh, what's the actor's name? I, I, I'm drawing Edward a blank. Norton. If they released the Ed Norton movie first, I think it would made a lot more money. The first one by Ang Lee left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. I mean, some people like mm-hmm. it. I hated the movie, and I the Hulk is my second favorite Marvel character. Uh, the only thing nice about the first movie is the comic panel transitions. That was the only damn thing that got it right. I thought the look of the Hulk was wrong. I thought I was confused. What happened at the ending of the movie? <laughs> I don't. The the Hulk's dad was the absorbing man. Just a hor- just a really poor director let loose that I don't think knew the source material that well. I thought the second one got a lot right, and I thought that since Marvel controlled the movie a little bit more than Universal did on the first one, that they... Um, and I'm, I'm surprised that the movie made about the equal amount of money as the first one, because I thought the first one just really turned a lot of people off, and they were not as willing to go to see that in the theater. But I think everyone I talked to liked the second one a lot. Did you guys like the second Hulk, the Incredible Hulk? I did. Oh, yeah, Never yeah. It. Never saw it. You ever saw it? Uh, well, let me ask you a question, because I was going yeah. po- to pose a theory here. As far as the Thor movie, what what did you think of, uh, and I haven't seen it, but what did you think of Chris Hem- Hemsworth's turn as Thor? How do you think he did? I thought he did uh, a great job. Great job. He, did, he portrayed a really young kind of Thor, uh, the... Kind that we saw like in the Stanley Kirby ish issues, not not the uh, Walt Simonson, even though the guy has a beard in the movie, but he he was just a young kid that was defying his father, and he's he uh, did a great job, I thought, and and the, and I imagine the ladies thought he was pretty good looking, huh, Stella? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And it's funny because he was in Star Trek, but yeah, he's Captain right Kirk's here. daddy. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, because that was kind of the, the, when I looked at this question, it wasn't directed toward me, but I'm arrogant enough to presume that I have an answer. (laughs) Uh, 
the uh, the the thing is, like with Iron, I think to Thor and Iron Man had no expectations. I mean, right. you had you know, whereas the Hulk, in a way, has been is partially burdened by the 1970s Bill Bixby series. Yeah. Um, even it just the, the everybody knows about the Bixby series, and so it's kind of got that to deal with. But also, it, that's why I asked the question about Chris Hemsworth. I mean, Iron Man in particular. I mean, you had a star turned by a lead actor who yep. just. You know, like with Downey. I mean, Downey just, you know, was magnetic, that whole movie, you know, and, and people really liked him. And uh, plus it was a great comeback story considering where the actor had been. And then again, like Hemsworth, he does a, you know, he kind of came to, to Thor doing Captain Kirk's dad. And, you know, people like him. I mean, it's like a, what you would expect with a superhero movie and a star, you know, a star turned by some good actors. The Hulk is more of a, it's not a, it's not a, a dramatic, it's a very internally tortured uh, it's it's a very different kind of drama, I think, mm-hmm. and it doesn't quite lend itself to you know you cheering him at the end. You know, <laughs> it's it's it, it requires a little bit more uh, kind of conflicting emotions and and a lot a darker turn. And I don't think it quite uh, I don't think it necessarily lends itself to repeated viewings like maybe a, an Iron Man or a Thor yeah. done right would. So yeah. I, I I'm interested to see what they're going to do with the TV show. Too of the Hulk, so that would be interesting. Uh, still a nerd from Washington. Hey, ga- guys and gal, this question goes out to each of you, depending on how long Peter's job at Horizon Labs lasts. What new spider gadget, weapon, or suit would you like to see invented next? Also, if anyone wants to comment on what they think of Spidey's job at Horizon so far, they can. The stuff that he's created includes the stealth suit, the metal-eating spider tracers, the spider-sense jammer, the new armored suit, the magnetic webbing, and the voice command web shooters. I, I don't really have a guess of what they're going to make next. Uh, anybody? I don't really care. I mean, it's kind of cool that he's making stuff. Yeah. I feel like he needs to do something with the spider-sense, though, to somehow. Mm, yeah. Uh, because I think he's really at a loss without it, so I, I don't know what he'll do, but yeah. Yeah, I don't want it to become too gimmicky mm-hmm. with too many gadgets, kind of like 1960s Batman. But I think that it's a good balance right now because stuff like voice command web tuners, that's a supplement to pat to like you know something that he already has and an improvement over it. And you know, I like they they brought it up in San Diego last year. That, you know, ever since stuff like impact webbing in the 90s, they haven't really done too much to upgrade Spidey's existing gear and. They promise to do more stuff like this, and this is cool. I like that they're following through with it. Diabetic Spidey from Minnesota had a question for Mike, and it's Superman-related, so I'll give it to Stella. (laughs) I don't know why. Uh, If the rumor is true, how do you feel about Lois and Clark spilling up and Superman getting together with Wonder Woman? Um... Hasn't this – well, number one, I don't like the fact that they're splitting up. Uh, that's unfortunate. It sounds very familiar. Um, yeah. And, yes, yeah, Superman with Wonder Woman sounds like Kingdom Come. Haven't we already done this before? But, True. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Also, Brad, I'm glad that you and your family are fine. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, Dura Bill from Alberta via Newfoundland, Canada. Brad, just want to say I still think of you and your family in Joplin. Thank you very much. Uh, these are for everyone. Can the whole marriage slash Mephisto mess ever be fixed, keeping the stories done after still in continuity? And if so, how? After reading last week's issue and seeing him waking up in bed next to Charlie, 
I think you meant, meant Carly. <laughs> no, no, no. There, there, there's a Charlie Sheen variant where he wakes up next to Charlie Sheen. <laughs> yeah, he's winning. Got, he's got spider blood. Uh, I think. <laughs> I think the uh, the Peter I know and love is gone forever. You know, if I ever do get Joe Quesada on the show. Uh, which, as Arun said to you, Bertoni, at San Diego last year, it'll happen. Yeah, because Casada said that it'll happen too. They've just been released. We no. got we got to harass them some more. We, we, if you're listening, guys, we have to get the elephant out of the room. He, the the Mephisto won that that fight, and this whole timeline is altered by him winning that fight. You have to have Spider-Man at least. Go back and fight Mephisto, or or try to fix something, because it's still jacked up, in my opinion. I mean, but Kevin and I have had this argument before. If he goes back and he and he fights Mephisto, he'll undo the marriage thing, and they'll be married again, which is what they don't want. But I think that you have to go back and fix it. I don't, I don't know. What am I saying, Jr. <laughs> do, do, do you really think Joe Casada would give you anything more than the half-assed answers yeah. that he's already been giving? No, I mean, well, his third storyline he's got for this will address something, but I, I don't know what it does. But. I mean, after seeing one moment in time, I, I mean, and I really didn't even want to see one moment in time. I mean, after seeing that horrible story, um, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't even want to see them touch this anymore. I mean, I really tired don't. of, yeah, you're just tired of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, other than someone snapping their fingers and everything being back the way it was before, I, d- I don't really want to see this revisited because it, uh, they've just done a horrible, horrible job, and they keep shooting themselves in the foot, both from a, from a story perspective and, and from a PR perspective. I, I, I just don't see this argument ever going away. This is like a, a, a bookmark in Spider-Man history that we're always going to come back to, that it's always going to be brought up again. Well, and you can't really fix continuity because then if you say, well, now the marriage happened, then continuity's messed up because what about all those, you know, then what really happened in one moment in time? And then what about all those times in Brand New Day where Peter said, why, I'd never get married, you know, or those, you know, what what what, what was he talking about in those panels now? Then we'll have Spider re-revisions where, you know, he talks yeah. about, well, I love being married or something. Yeah. I, it, it's just a damn mess and we're, it's just freaking comic books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ultimately, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. We're overthinking it, Jr. Predictions on the outcome of Spider Island and Infested. Nothing will ever be the same, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> uh, Mercury zero eight three from Belfast, uh, North Ireland. It looks like a new poster, so thank you, Mercury. Uh, hey, all. I've always thought of Spider-Man's back spider as an integral part of his costume, especially due to the fact that not many characters have a symbol on the back of their costume. That is why I'm generally disappointed when it's changed from the original round version to the spiky versions they use in the movies. Does this change in his costume annoy any of you, and are, are there any other movies where a detail like this has changed and has had the same effect on you? I thought the first Michael Keaton uh, movie where they altered the, the bat symbol was kind of different. You know, it wasn't circular. It kind of went down just a little bit. That was kind of yeah. odd. I kind of like the symbol on the back of the movies. Probably more than I do the original circular on the back costume. What do you guys think? It doesn't bother me too much because it's the yeah. movie, but I have to see the costume more before I form a big opinion. So far, like it's it's been hard to see like a full version of it. 
The movie costume where the front spider goes all the way down to his crotch annoys me. I don't like that at all. But what you gonna do? Yeah, I, I don't mind it when they did when they tinker with it a little bit because it, mm-hmm. it's. I mean, as much as we love the the comic versions, they don't they they wouldn't translate well a hundred percent to you know movies, mm-hmm. particularly movies that are digital, three D, and on IMAX. You know, mm-hmm. so they've got to they they've got to make some changes. I, I don't. And to be honest, I don't mind seeing something a little different. I really don't. Yeah, Stella, what do you think of the? They altered the front of the costume in the musical too. The spider symbol. It's got a little oh, right. red in the center of it. I think. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was fine. Obviously, as a Spider-Man purist, you're um, kind of going away against it. And so I thought, oh, dear, as as a Spider-Man fan, this isn't exactly. But, I mean, you have to realize that it's in a musical, and yeah. the musical wasn't necessarily done by Spider-Man purists. So <laughs> kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. A.K.A. Swiss Miss, or whatever her name is. Oh, dear. <laughs> the Coco. Uh, yeah. Lady Spider from Themyscira? Did I get it right, Stella? Yep, Themyscira, you're yep, close. No, I, I, okay. Uh, this one's aimed at JR and myself. To the married members of the podcast, what is the best thing about being married? Um, you have a friend. You have a partner. You'll never be lonely. Uh, you get nice little additions to the family, like little Ava. JR, <laughs> now do the con. <laughs> I was about to say, is there supposed to be an answer to this one? I mean, do, <laughs> am I supposed to actually have an answer to this one? Uh, you know, give, give me a, give me a couple of years, and uh, I'll get back to you. But, uh, and you've been married how many? I'm celebrating six in, in next week. Twenty twenty two. Oof. I'll yeah, I've been in a, I've been in a committed relationship longer, and some people have been alive. That's why it just really frosts me sometimes when I <laughs> I hear somebody, someone who's twenty or twenty one years old, make a comment about relationships. Uh, you know. Oh, well. Uh, wheat cakes from Canada. Uh, hello, gang. Aside from the obvious issues like Amazing Spider-Man number one, Action One, and the like, are there any comics out there that have proved elusive to you and you're collecting? I realize it's easy to acquire back issues from sites like eBay. But if you're like me and only rely on what I can find at comic cons or shops, is there any one or more issues that have frustrated you? And that it's hard for you to find it, yet it really shouldn't be. Thanks for all the effort and the laughs you guys provide. Stella, we'll hit you up. What, what, anything you've been looking for you haven't ever found? Um, definitely looking for a lot of Birds of Prey stuff, but I was able to complete, complete that. But yeah, some things are really tough, and right now, um, I can't think offhand, but no, certainly I've, I've spent my time really going through, um, Bins trying to find things, and I would say Birds of Prey number eight, but I just bit the bullet and bought an expensive one on eBay. Um, whenever, so what was special yeah. about issue eight? Um, issue eight is a really big one for uh, Dick and Bab shippers. So just kind of people, a lot of people pinpoint that as the beginning of their mm-hmm. romantic relationship. Cool. Josh, is there one you've been ha- been elusive to find? See, I'm more of a reader than a collector so like i don't care if it's a reprint or something and with you know stuff like marvel tales and the essentials and masterworks and you know even ebay it's been a lot easier to find missing stories uh one series that i have been trying to collect first run issues of is the marvel comic star wars series because there was only you know uh 
not that many of them made. So, and the very last issue, that was actually that that one's actually very very rare, and it's I think its print run was less, and it's a lot more expensive on eBay. And I wound up finding a guy on Craigslist who uh, really. That's never a good sentence to say. I wound up finding a guy in Craigslist. <laughs> that was they had the comic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The story <laughs> usually end in someone getting murdered, but you know, yeah. we had a parking lot deal where I got the comic from him at a good price, and then I wound wow. up. Wow, you yeah. met it in a parking lot to get a to buy a comic book? Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> hey, and what, hey, what was the street value of what you gave him? <laughs> I mean, oh gosh, it reminds um, me of that one Family yeah. Guy episode. <laughs> You're brave, Bertone. I don't think I'd do that, man. Wow. I'm wow. a big guy. Yeah, yeah but damn. <laughs> he could have been a bigger guy. <laughs> oh, I'll let him kill me. I'll, I, I got <laughs> then somebody else can, can worry about some of the other stuff going on. <laughs> JR, is there one that's been elusive in your collecting? Uh, well, I wouldn't say elusive. Um, I have um, w- when I was restocking my collection. Well, in fact, let me let me uh, quote one. Since you're putting the old podcast back up, let me quote the one where you had as a guest star uh, Eric, uh, aka Sam Ruby, All right. uh, who is a big time was a big time collector. Uh, we haven't heard much from him lately. Um, yeah. He said there really isn't that any, as, as far as a rare issue of Spider-Man. There really isn't any. Um, but what I found one of the most challenging to complete was um, the McFarlane run. Right. Because even though you could find them, uh, you couldn't find them cheaply. I mean, the McFarlane run was going for several dollars when stuff that was 20 and 30 or more years old was going for much cheaper. That was that was really frustrating because I think McFarlane's always been an overrated artist. Um, but actually, some of the most recent stuff is hard to find because like a lot of these miniseries – that I do not want to pay full price for. No. Uh, I keep thinking, well, I'll find them when they show up in somebody's $1 pile. Haven't been finding them. So, um, you know, whatever. The one I've, I've had trouble with over the years, and I finally found it for a fairly decent price. I think I paid 60 bucks for it. was Amazing Spider-Man number 37. And I, I for years, had a, a run from issue number 22 to current with the exception of number 37. I don't know why I wasn't a- ever able to find that one. But what was what was significant about the issue? Wasn't it one of... That was the first appearance of Norman Osborn. Yeah, that's it. That's that's why it was probably elusive, Norman Osborn's first appearance. And also Harry, too, wasn't it? Or no, was that... He was no, Harry was number 31. 31, okay. My bad. Also, there's a issue that I have on my mycomicshop.com want list that I can never get a full run of it is Spider-Man Noir, the very first series. I tried to order the trade paperback, but it went out of print, the hardcover, and then it, they had the trade, and it's a smaller version, and it's like a digest, and I don't want to read it that way. So I tried to get the original print ones, and I was shocked that... Um, it's always out of stock. That that miniseries didn't sell very well, and it was one of the rare Spider-Man series. I was like, eh, I'm not going to get it. Then I played the video game, and I'm like, yeah, this character is okay. I want to read the history of it, and I can't ever get a full run of that book. So I'm looking for that one. Also, there's a – in the early 80s, there was a – I think the Chicago Tribune or something had – uh, free comics that they shipped in the newspaper, and Spider-Man and Firestar and Iceman were in 
uh, a free comic that they shipped. And that's on my want list at mycomicshop.com too, and it never is in stock. So, those are a few of mine. Uh, last question from our good buddy Donovan, uh, from Nashville, Tennessee. He says, Bertoni, when will you finally admit that Gwen and Flash were not dating? <laughs> goes back in time and changes the actual dialogue and scenes in those issues to that to where it shows that they weren't dating. <laughs> Jer, were they dating? Were Gwen and Flash dating? Oh Lord, you know it's. <laughs> uh, I don't know that they necessarily dated. They certainly flirted with each other. It's not out of the realm of possibility to assume that they could um, they could have dated. But uh, I think I think Gwen was a little bit too too smart for flash i mean i i think she was tempted but uh there wouldn't have been much of a relationship i don't know <laughs> but tony's the guy that wrote the series on gwen stacy ask him <laughs> an actual question from donovan with uh, dc staying in the news for the past 10 or so straight days and marvel desperately trying to catch up do you think that they will ever do something crazy with spider-man to stay newsworthy Spider Island is the big thing this summer, but how wacky can that possibly get compared to what DC is doing to the Teen Titans? Yeah, I don't know if anything can top the Teen Titans, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> what are they doing? Yeah, exactly. What are they doing to the Teen Titans? Oh, do you want to go into this, Josh? <laughs> Just look at that cover. I mean, God. who's on it? What What are they doing? I, I I'm not up on it. Superboy has, like, a Superboy tattoo. That's his logo. Wonder Girl's like a thief. Red Robin looks like... I don't even want to know what he looks like. Kid Flash. Who knows what's going on with Kid Flash? It's... Wow. They're being marketed as very different characters, and the cover is very, very inane. Marvel is probably sweating right now because everyone's been talking about DC and nothing else. So they have a live blog up, like, because supposedly they're going to announce the next big thing on Monday. And it's like, oh, it, it just stinks of them trying to, like, say, oh, we got to have something that people can talk about for us since everyone's talking about DC right now. The only thing they've been able to muster is the canceling Uncanny X-Men after, what, 500-plus issues. And that's not going to last very long. So, uh I, I think that at least 20, if not 15, DC titles will be number one that month that they ship. What do you guys think? Would you agree with that? or we're, we're, we're repeat the question. I, I said the month that the, all the DC number ones are released, I think 15 of them will be in the top 15. Oh, for sure. I, I think Marvel will be not even in the top 10. I think, I mean, uh, Flashpoint has been selling out, and that's the thing that's going to be leading to this, so that's a good indication. Okay. The retailers will buy them, but will the customers buy them? And then what happens after, you know, issue number one? Will issue number four get high numbers? Yeah. And Donovan has a great quote from JR as his his signature. It says, quote, read the Mr. Negative miniseries to learn my origin. (laughs) Unquote JR. I remember when you said that, Jay. That was pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty dated reference nowadays. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap, gang. Josh, thank you for filling in. You did a great job as usual, as I expected you to do. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's always fun to show up. Uh, Crawl Space is one of those pods that I would drop anything to guest on. Aww. And we'll have you on again this year for uh, Spider Jeopardy. <laughs> 
And we may have you on to talk about about your exploits of San Diego. That'd be fun, too. You and Stella and Don and John and everybody can talk about what it was like. It'd be fun. All right. Stella, any final thoughts? Um, My literature recommendation this month, since we didn't do uh, is Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad. And that's all I'll say. Okay. JR, any final thoughts, sir? Uh, glad to be back. Hopefully, hopefully we can do it again next month. No doubt. And that's a wrap for this last episode in June. Before I go, I want to thank our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com, for supporting the show. Another example of their great prices is on the Carnage Family Feud trade paperback. No, Carnage isn't on a game show. This one's written by Zeb Wells and shows you what happens to the symbiote after the century ripped it in half and threw it into space back in Avengers number one. I thought it was a pretty solid book. Well, the cover prize is $24.99. Mail order has it for just $15.49, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Thanks for listening, gang, for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas.